Hunting is not easy. It never has been. It takes dedication, motivation, a lot of patience, and quality gear. If you manage a food plot, put up stands, or need just one more game camera, we can help at MidwayUSA.com. We opened our doors in 1977 and continue to put customers first by offering super fast, same day shipping. For just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. When it comes to hunting boots, how many pairs does one man need? Well, how many seasons are there? Turkey season? Deer season? Duck season? Dove season? Honey, how many pairs of boots does one man need? At least one more pair. For just about everything for hunting, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA. Thanks for your business. Hey, I just got back from lunch. Did you finish that report yet? Uh, well, not exactly. I'm still working on it. I'm not finished just yet. Uh, I got a little sidetracked, but I will get them to you first thing this afternoon. <laughs> it is first thing this afternoon. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, but I mean, I, I am working on it. But I'll have, I'll... what do you mean that the report isn't finished yet? I'm, I'm still in the process of working on it. I've just been a little distracted. Just distracted? Our meeting starts in an hour. Have it. You, you no no. What were you doing? Were you listening to another hunting podcast again? I swear, I give the staff in this office the freedom to do whatever they want to do as long as they meet a deadline. That is the first bullet underneath your job description. Pays attention to detail and deadline and deadline. Dude, are you even listening to me right now? Welcome to episode 98 of the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. My name's Austin, and joining me in the Rack Shack, Charles Headland. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm good, buddy. What's up? Oh, it hasn't been, it's been a while since I've been able to say that. <laughs> yeah, I like it in here. I'm a fan. It's a good feel. It is. It, it is. Got everything rocking. Yeah. It's, it's a little good. messy in here, but... <sighs> it feels like home. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it back in order. It's gonna happen. It's got that podcast smell to it. I know. Doesn't it? It's <laughs> just weird. It's like gasoline mixed there's a, with lumber. <laughs> there's just a pile of antlers over there. Yeah. Turkey feet and beards. There's like a whole pile of turkey remains That's over here. That's your turkey right there. I just got to mount it. Oh, yeah. okay. It's Still beautiful. It's beautiful, yeah. but yeah. Man, I was just looking at its spurs over there. Holy Monster. crap. That was a right good there, bird, That was a man. real good bird. That was a real good bird. It's all right. I, I still, I'm still figuring things out at home anyways for a whole room. And okay. So I like it. Take like your time. But one of these days, I'm going to kick you in the ass. Yeah. It'll happen. Say, hey. As soon as I get this done, I'll get on. Oh, that's okay. fine. I, yeah. Just accept my help one day and, you know, get something going here. I got to get time. Yeah, I feel you. I'll get there. I feel you there. I, I cut, there. like, five yards today. I need, like, work. I need like 30 hours in the day instead of, like, 24, but... Yeah. Yeah. Hey, work more hours, bud. Work more hours. I do. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right. Well... Episode 98, man. Yeah, we had Shane. Yeah, we did. A little Shane on. Freaking good episode, man. Dude. I was stoked about it, too. And nonetheless, he goes and kills a deer two days later. I know. Luck of the podcast. Look at that. Ooh, bud. Good man. one, too. Yeah, real real good, good one. one. Real good one. Good old eerie PA deer. Yeah, man. Good That's for That's exciting, him. yeah. But yeah, Deer Slayer series continues. Yeah, it does. Deer Slayer series continues. We're going to keep bringing these over to you guys. I don't know how many we're going to do, but you're going to get quite a few more. It's going to be fun. I like it. We're getting a lot of good feedback from them, so... 
Yeah. Keep them going. I know of at least two or three more guests yeah. that I'd like to get on. Yeah, I got a few. I think I... Yeah. New guests to the podcast yeah. kind of thing. Because that's, be that's that's more or less the, the goal. It's not that we don't know Deer Slayers. There's one sitting right there. There's one right there. It's not us. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but we do... I mean, we do know a lot of good Deer Slayers have been on. That's true, know, man. But I was... The goal here was to get people that you don't hear of every day. Absolutely. You know, that was the goal. And we're going to throw some intermittent episodes in there, like some kill stories um, from this year and, you know, just some other random guests and stuff like that, too. But we're going to keep them pretty consistent. So, yeah. Yeah. And, dude, surprisingly, we are just inching in on episode 100. I know. You know, it, it's funny. We, we kind of threw a teaser out, like, a while ago. Episode, like, 90, 91? It might have been even earlier than that. Was it might have it really? been in the 80s. It might have been. We were thinking ahead big Back time. Back in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> we were thinking ahead big big time. But, you know, what do we got going on? Episode 100 is coming. That's a big milestone. It's going to be a big milestone for us. I mean, it took us a little longer than maybe most podcasts to get there. But, honestly, how many other podcasts last this long? That's you true. know, Not many. Some drop off. A lot drop off. <laughs> That's true. You know, seven under 10 episodes, typically. Yeah, man. They're gone. They're done and gone. Done. So, to say we've made it this long... I mean, heck, we're in our third year. I'm proud, buddy. Cheers. You know? And we have so much going on now, too. It's like we waited till now, but we have a lot going on. We have big-time giveaway going on, episode 100. Big-time giveaway, guys. You are going to want to share this. You're going to want to get people involved. It's not little dinky prizes, guys. They're they're good ones. Reached out to a lot of people and found some really good stuff. Yeah. Oh man, I'm so excited! <laughs> I am too. We're gonna, we're not gonna, de- we're gonna save it until episode 100 to announce it. You're gonna hear everything about it. You, we're gonna have probably a good guest on for episode 100. Yeah, we gotta it. think about that. Yeah, and then uh, you know we'll probably do a Facebook live to really give you guys the rules and all the regulations and everything once again once we have the episode, and then it'll be live, guys. We'll have it going. It'll be a couple weeks long. Get you guys in there, follow the rules, and then. You better know, follow the rules we'll do you're, a live drawing it won't be any gimmicky stuff you're not going to want to miss this we're going to have multiple winners too so jeez and there's not going to be a bad winner no everybody's going to be walking away with some cool stuff yeah bud i like it oh man okay okay real quick let's hit our partners of the show scree gear screegear.com screegear.com wdp20 for 20 percent off your needs the ptarmigan Ooh, the I mean- greatest thing ever created on this planet i've touched one an actual real live ptarmigan no the the jacket (laughs) i didn't know what a ptarmigan was really it's an arctic bird yeah it's like an arctic grouse like an arctic grouse yeah exactly they're white i knew i already knew coming here that you were gonna know that because you literally know everything and and so much useless stuff you know i don't know why yeah it's pretty bad (laughs) (laughs) but the ptarmigan yeah they have these like little under feathers around their legs and up around their their bottom you know and Man, the feathers are so tiny. Yeah. But that ptarmigan jacket from Scree, and guess who just ordered the pants? Oh, God. Look at you. Early Christmas gift. There you go, bud. Every year I find <laughs> one thing, and I'm, I'm, Mommy, can you get me this for Christmas? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> when I'm done wearing it for archery season, I'll give it back to her. She'll wrap it up, and it'll be beautiful. Like <laughs> yeah. you never even got it. <laughs> well, you know, we're going to Ohio here. We're leaving uh, Sunday. Very cool. And we're going for a week. It's supposed to drop down in the 30s. We're tent camping. Ooh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. So it's going to be cold. I'm thinking I'm going to be sleeping in some ptarmigan. There you go. I don't blame you, bud. Dude, I'm telling you, though, for real, like the lightest, most comfortable, warm, layering system piece that you could ever imagine. 
but there's a strict rule. That thing only goes on and off when I'm in my tree. Yeah, I don't blame you. Because I am not, you know, bringing that through briars or anything no. and tearing it up. Like, it is only going on. Plus, it's so warm, you can't walk in that stuff. No, you're going to sweat it up, dude. Yeah. So, it's extreme, but I'm telling you, for scree, it's my new favorite piece. I like it, man. I like it. I love all my scree gear. But yeah. Been putting it to the test. I have. Yeah. A couple times. Yeah. It's been good. I put it through <laughs> a freaking monsoon, and it was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. This week coming up is really going to put everything to a more extreme test than awesome. I've already been doing for the last year and a half anyways. Yeah. But I got something else I want to talk to you about later, but we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. So, uh, veteran Innovative Products. VIP. VIP. The vet and the combat vet, man. Freaking combat vet's been eating lately. They have been eating. Couple buddies. Couple buddies. Been dropping some pretty nice bucks. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And does, I guess, too. Oh, yeah. But. Yeah. Tearing it up, dude. I may have sent a few. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe one recently. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Did its job. Did its job, man. Wonderfully. But I did get in contact with Matt and Cindy. I've been talking to him a little bit. They've been been out hunting. Cindy's after a big nine point. We need to get get them back on. I want to talk to them again. Yeah, we'll definitely get them back on. I miss them. Every time I talk to them, it's such a good conversation. And, you know, Cindy's just Cindy. Yeah. <laughs> She's a blast. <laughs> she is a blast. I'll always go with the one-liners. Hi, Cindy. Love her. <laughs> so, next. Out on a limb manufacturing. Out on a limb manufacturing. Matt Garris, dude, is the best in the game. If you want a badass tree stand, go check him out. If you want to get into saddle hunting, he has the best platforms. If you want to get into saddle hunting and hanging with a tree stand, go check out his sticks, man. Yeah. The Shikars, they're unreal. Yeah, yep. Yeah. He's got the new Hush. Got the new Hush stand. Thing laying down some monsters. Damn, that thing's nice. I know. That makes me want to go back to tree stands. I got a nice stand right there. Yeah, that's not the hush. Though. No, I'm I'm using it on a limb platform. He's been uh he's been struggling to keep up with some inventory. He's going crazy over there, man. No, well, he just, just gotta keep cranking it out. I guess I a lot know. of orders. You he's know, that's man. a good thing. Really yeah, good thing. Great People thing. are starting to figure it out. Like best in the business for a reason. That's what I'm talking about. All right, last but not least, New Canoe. New Canoe, you have an Unlimited. I do have the Unlimited. The Unlimited is going to be hitting water this week. That's what I'm talking Next about, Next week, bud. I should say. I date. Ohio I waters. Ohio waters. Yeah. I'm excited for you guys. Get out there and freaking yeah. do it dirty, man. We've, you know, we were talking, Sam and I, and then Joe as well after the fact, but, like, I was really talking to Sam about it, and he's he's nuts. You know, you know how he is. He's like, I want to go all these real remote places at least a couple days. Might bring the kayak. I was like, you know what? Screw it. Good idea. I say we just commit to it. Like, make it the forefront of my plans for the most part to just go hit the water, get remote. Because at this park specifically is Big Lake, all these inaccessible spots where you have to go through private. There's no roads. Yep. You have to go through private or you have to come in from the water to get to these places. I support it. And they're just big ridges fingering out. Oh, man. The new canoe. I think me and Joe here, yeah. we're going to go two-man it. I like it. Yeah. I like bring, it. going to bring my little seat cushion. You can either you sit on it up front. And yeah. I uh, just went and bought a battery for my um, trolling, my motor? trolling motor. Sweet. So me, him, and it. maybe Sam will hold on to the side, and we'll just trolling motor across these lakes. I'm a fan. Because we can go about a mile, you know? I don't want to row a mile. No. Not in the mornings, not, you know, getting all sweaty and nasty. That'd be good. That trolling yeah. motor is going to be legit. So, luckily, the Unlimited already comes with a flat back and just, I don't have the plate 
attachment piece, but I think I'm going to rig something up with a piece of plywood or something right. just to protect the plastic. But yeah. Things built like a freaking truck. Yeah, a piece of truck. you can have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, can I get a little sliver of that? <laughs> yeah, you got it, dude. <laughs> so, it's going to be good, man. I like but, it. But that's it. Long-winded. Nice little intro. Yeah. We needed this. Little Rack Shack intro. I like it. Yeah. Let's get Shane on. Okay. Okay, guys, we are back with episode three of the Deer Slayer series. We have Shane Weidler on. Another PA boy. Oh. Another PA killer. I love these guys. I love PA killers. Shane, what's going on, buddy? How you doing tonight? I'm doing great. You know, I really appreciate you guys having me on here. Excited for this. Absolutely, dude. We're excited too. It's we're getting a lot of good feedback from this Deer Slayer series, and I I know why. I mean, when we thought about doing it, it was like something that we both like, you know what? We need to get these people just like you. If you go on your Instagram right now, it's not like tons of trail cam photos and product photos for flat. It's big animals on the ground, turkeys. Love that, by the way. Sorry, Austin. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> on the ground, like. Dude, you're getting it done in Pennsylvania, and that's what we love. That's what we're looking for. So we're we're proud to have you on, man. We're happy to have you tonight. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Heck yeah. So let's jump right into it, because honestly, you were a referral to us by a good buddy of both of ours, Chris Krantz, and he claims that you know what you're doing in the woods. So we're going to get into that tonight. Why don't you give a little background of who you are, where you're from, and what you do? All right, so my name's Shane Weidler, as you guys know. I'm from Erie, Pennsylvania. do a lot of hunting in Erie. Sometimes we'll head down to the big woods in, like, Warren and that area. Just try to uh, move around quite a bit. Don't like to just hunt Erie, but... Yeah. You hunt a little Ohio, too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yep. uh, mostly close to the PA border, but... Okay. That north... What is that? Northeast? Let me get my bearings. Northeastern yeah. Ohio <laughs> area... <laughs> That's yeah, a pretty good area. There's there's uh there's some decent deer up that way too, right? It's kind of aggy, right, right. isn't it? A lot of ag. Yeah, it's it's a lot of egg, and it's actually pretty flat. Yeah, yeah. It's not like well, I guess it depends on where you're from, how you think of Ohio, because some parts of Ohio can be really steep and nasty, and then other parts are just like Kansas or Iowa, just flat. Yeah, pretty boring stuff. But I don't it's, know, Aggie, that's, I think I, why didn't make up that word? Isn't that like a mascot for a college team? The Aggies, <laughs> like Texas A&M or something like that, Texas. <laughs> Sorry, I go down rabbit holes as well. Okay. <laughs> oh, man, put me back on track here. So what do you do for a living, man? Uh, I work for National Fuel Gas Company. It's just basically a, a natural gas distributor. Okay. How does that allow you to get out in the woods? Does it limit you uh, normally until you have to take like vacation time? It's been, I'm basically a weekend warrior and limited to vacation time. Yeah, Just get out at four o'clock and it doesn't really leave that much time come come gun season to get out in the woods. Yeah, early season archery. I mean, I'm, I have enough time that I can sneak out in the woods somewhere, but it's not as much time as I'd like. Being in like you know the gas industry and stuff like that, does it give you a chance to like kind of talk to landowners a lot and you know get your foot in the door on some good farms or properties <laughs> or anything like that? Well, I mean, I can't give up all my secrets. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, we do see a trend like that in in our area where you know gas and oil. Uh, our buddies in gas and oil, and um, he does that quite a bit. He finds properties that way. It's like that or paving. 
too. The guys that are out there paving, they go to some remote areas, and seems like they get permission to a lot that way. Yeah, and then you know, that's the biggest battle is if you're looking for private ground, getting permission is a huge deal. So any kind of little way that you can get in on it, you got to take advantage of it. Yeah, definitely. You ain't kidding. It's tough, man. It is tough around here. All right, so let's jump into it. We're going to start with kind of the area of land that you hunt. Okay, so Pennsylvania, you said Erie. Um, if if someone uh, has, isn't, like, you know, from around our general area, yeah, kind of describe you. what Erie is like for them, you know? What's the terrain like? You know, I think most people think that you're hunting on a lake, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of the hunting that I do do, is closer to the lake, and that's where you get those draws that go down into the lake where you get some pretty serious valleys and some really good pinch points. But a lot of the areas, you'll have some agricultural fields and stuff like that that go into some decent hardwoods right before the lake, and you can get into some really good pinch points in that. And that's that's typically the kind of areas that I try to pinpoint. Perfect. Now, your timbered areas, is that a lot like us where it's mostly oaks, uh, maples? Well, what's that look like? Yeah, most of it's, uh, I mean, if you get a good uh, oak flat, that's that's money. But yeah. uh, a lot of hemlocks. A okay. lot, a lot of hemlocks. Really? That's yeah. odd. Because I'll tell you what, you don't see many hemlocks around us. They're, they're a very rare tree anymore. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a pretty rare tree in our area. It's mostly ran over here by maples. Maples, oaks. Walnut. Walnut. Hickory. Yep, beech. Some aspen. Yep. But and that's funny too because we're really only like ninety miles south of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that far. <laughs> no, no. How do those hickory nuts play? We did say hickory, right? I'm not no. so, oh my god, <laughs> hemlock. Hemlock. Sorry, <laughs> hemlocks. Uh, my god, help me. Um, yeah. How do the hemlocks play into into factors? Or you know, like I don't, I don't know if you guys have ever hung a tree, uh, hung a tree stand out of hemlocks. That's like the ultimate cover that you could ever ask for. You yeah. got really good cover scent, and you're just you're engulfed, and, and just it's awesome. Yeah, really good thermal cover for the deer in the winter too. I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. we we hunt hemlocks up north, right, and and up around my camp and stuff. Kind of, not much. No, yeah, not really, really, not much. That that is weird. Yeah, you're like in a little pocket up there in the northwest of PA. That's uh, that's prime. I know. I mean. Think about it, it's ultimate cover, and like you said, and scent, jeez, that's nice, man. But they don't provide a lot of food, right? Just mostly cover for the deer. No, and, and typically a lot of with those hemlocks, they'll just run into little patches of them in between, like our timber is just kind of broke up to the point where it'll be like, like what you said, like oaks, and then you get maples in there, and then those little bedding areas are typically hemlocks. Yeah, no, I can dig that. Heck yeah, man. Now, that being said, you know, you're in Erie, you're in like... A pretty good hunting area, man. Now Erie's population of people is pretty pretty big, man. You dealing with some pressure up there? What do you what do you got going on? I'll, I'll tell you what. It's if you go into any public land around Erie, you, you, you're going to see a lot of people. But you just got to know how to play those guys. You know how to you're, you got to figure on playing on hunting the hunter and hunting what you're after. Hmm. So are you hunting a lot of public land, or are you mostly private land then? Or do you kind of dabble in both? I, I dabble in both, but realistically, I, I try to try to stay on private just because the hunting pressure is, it can get pretty serious. Yeah. N- now, it's PA private land, so I'm sure you're seeing some other guys, maybe some neighbors, uh, sharing right. the property with other people as well. Right. And usually, like the couple properties that I have permission on, 
we all text, we all talk to each other. So, I mean, that helps out a lot. Yeah. So one thing I'm kind of interested in, and, you know, you mentioned you hunt some, – some of the spots you hunt are like kind of close to the lake and you hunt those draws and everything and those pinch points. I'm really interested in how the thermals pull with that lake right there, man. That's got to be pretty interesting. He took my question. Bastard. I, you know, <laughs> I, I actually knew the thermal question was going to come. I don't really <laughs> – I'll be completely honest with you. I don't mess around with the thermal stuff too much. I okay. just try to play the wind and if I mean – Obviously, it's going to do different stuff in the morning and night, but I don't really pay attention to it too much. So then ignoring the whole word thermal, how are you playing the wind a lot of times? Because if you're up on draws, sometimes it can pull. I'm sure that lake has some kind of effect on swirling winds. Um, I mean, does the lake provide mostly consistent wind in the same direction? Or does it? do you see like a lot of swirling one day? You have a west wind, next day you have an east wind. You know, how does that look? I mean, typically with, with the lake, it could be, I mean, that, that lake turns upside down so quick. If, I mean, if it's going to get nasty out, the, you might as well forget it. It's going to swirl bad. But yeah. if it's, if it's calm out, you don't really have to worry about that. At least I don't. I don't, I haven't noticed worrying about the thermals. Yeah. Do you have a predominant wind up there? Like, I think here our predominance pretty much like blowing to the northwest. What's so that? A southeast wind? Yeah. South, southeast wind. I, d- I would say the last week or so, it's been mostly south with the west, southwest wind, like what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But, hmm. I mean, it could change at any given minute. Yeah, yeah, totally. I would have thought the lake had so much more to play on that, especially in some of those draws. I mean, it, really anywhere you go, when you're getting into a draw like that, you know, there's there's always kind of pulling and wind tunnel effects that you might run into, and you kind of see that, I guess, anywhere near big big bodies of water yeah you kind of get that weather play that goes along with it yeah that's tough man i mean do you (laughs) i guess how much does weather play a factor into your hunting season into your archery season well i mean in erie this our climate can change within the hour i mean it it could be beautiful out one minute and the next minute it gets really nasty out yeah so yeah you just gotta roll with the punches look at the weather look at the radar every day and just make a game plan and try to stick to your guns because obviously it's, it's going to get bad out sometimes. Yeah. In all reality, we're in November right now. I know at any moment Erie could get lake effect snow and you could be under like 12 inches of snow tomorrow. <laughs> they were, they were calling for it tonight or they were calling for some snow tonight, but we never saw any. Yeah, oh, man, that would actually be kind of legit in the morning. Though. I, would, cool. I would love to have some snow in November right now. <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah. It's, it's fun. That is fun. Oh Yeah. Huh. A buddy of ours is up in Marionville right now, and they actually had some snow on the ground. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, just like a dusting. That's but, enough. You just see a little about, bit yeah. better, man. I don't know. Yeah, that little bit of snow, that plays a huge effect. It does. Now, do you see any um, – we're going to we're gonna jump around here for a minute, too. Like, do you do a lot of late-season hunting or anything like that where there's a chance there could be heavy snowfall, um, you know, heavy, a high population of deer on food sources? You key so, in yeah, on that? Yeah. Like typically, hunting late season is it's that's like a bad thing because <laughs> that yeah. means you still got still got tags in your pocket. But yeah, it happens. But those acorn flats that I was talking about earlier, if you get in one of those, you're going to see a high population of deer going in and out of those. At least for what I've noticed. Now our egg fields, corn. It, typically, your corn's taken off by that point. But if you have a cut soybean field or if if you get lucky and you got a standing soybean field in this area, it's absolutely lights out. Money. 
money. Yeah. I can think of like a couple years back, like it was a really wet fall and even into the winter, like guys did not get the corn cut, yep. they didn't get the beans cut, nothing. And it was just, that was a money fall for food for the deer. I'll tell you what, <sighs> one of my I, properties, I'll tell you what. go ahead, go ahead. You get any kind of, any standing soybeans and then you get snow on the ground, that's, that's a fun time. <laughs> yeah. I want to experience that in the worst way. Yeah, I, I want that. It's I, a good time. Man, that's awesome. Ours typically get picked. Yeah. <laughs> no, ours do too, but every once in a while you get that situation where it's just constantly raining and they can't yeah. get on it. I, I haven't seen a soybean anywhere around here lately because the price of corn is so high right now. It seems like everybody's planting corn yep. and they're planting a lot of corn. And of course, like, you know, my farmer or the property I hunt, they pick all their corn, but the damn neighbor is a slacker and his stands up all year long. So where do you think all the deer go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what the hell, man? <laughs> all right. So let's build your uh, a hunter resume. This, this part, uh, you know what? Over the first episode, I didn't like this part so much, but the second episode, I kind of dig, I, I kind of digged it. It's, uh, it's kind of fun, but we, we don't want you to like, blabber on about yourself but we kind of do don't we yeah yeah a little bit a little bit yeah a little bit so we just want you to kind of give an overview of um what some of your success has been over the last you know five ten years um basically if you were to build a hunter resume what would your experience column be in the first part of that resume does that make sense yeah yeah no that makes sense to me so the experience part for me the first thing i'm gonna slap down on my resume is scouting. I put a lot of time in, and this isn't, we're talking not even in the summer, we're talking early spring, getting out there, finding sheds, figuring out where those deer are at and what they're doing at that time of year. Because as soon as that time of year, as soon as the snow starts to fly, those deer are going to be in that same kind of uh, pattern. So for mm -hmm. me, it's scouting is huge. Hmm. Okay. And I guess we never even asked from the beginning, you know, how long have you been archery hunting? How long have you been hunting as a whole? So I've been archery hunting since I, I realistically since I was 12 and I'm 31 now. So I've been doing it for a while. Yeah. I mean, that's, I hope you have some experience at this yeah. point. <laughs> Your resume should be pretty, pretty vast at this point. I, I do really like the scouting tip there. That's one thing that like me and Charles for the entirety of, of, of us, like being hunting partners, that's been like the whole I don't know, premise of it, scouting, yeah. like getting out early season, like you're talking about in the spring, when the snow's down, when it's February, shed hunting, everything like that, just really getting out, putting boots on the ground and scouting. It's made a tremendous difference, man. Yeah. You, you, you put the time in the woods, it's going to pay out in dividends. Totally. That's what I've experienced. I'm really noticing that across the board, some of the other groups or people that I kind of follow or I'm friends with, you know, the guys that really grind. You you have your bad years, you know. I mean, I'm I'm in a couple bad years right now as well. But those guys are getting it done, you know, pretty consistently. And I think it all does go into the most, for the most part, as much work as you put in, you're going to get get back come season time. And you can never do enough scouting. Right. Hmm. Well, that's good. I I actually like that. That you know, I, I would probably put that into your skill column. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, scouting is definitely going to be. One of the skills, if I were to build your resume, that uh, that we would probably focus on. But I'll speak for you a little bit. I, you know, like I said, I I was kind of going through your Instagram, and there are some slammers on on your pictures, man. Like you have killed some really nice deer over the year, and 
I, if I'm not mistaken, from what I saw, you have one big buck in Ohio, but uh, mostly the other ones are all PA. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's right. And I'll tell you what, I'm really proud of those PA deer, but that Ohio deer, that was a long journey to get to where that, I mean, it's it's nothing huge, but it was a long journey to get that one. <laughs> that was a great deer, man. That eight point you had on your wall, holy shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, yeah, I'm, he's, he's pretty big. I was, I was definitely, I put, put a lot of work into that one. You know, that was a lot of, like I'm saying, with the scouting, that, that started in the spring finding yeah. sheds. I found his sheds from the year prior and just figuring out what that deer was doing. And I just stayed out of the woods until it was time to go in there and kill him. So let's break it down to, uh, if you had another hunting strength or, you know what, let's, let's ask this question. Are you more of the mobile style hunter or are you more of a fixed stand? Uh, I guess fixed stand, wait until, you know, the right time and go in and strike kind of hunter. So I'm a little bit of both. I, I've got my stands where the, you know they're they're there. I've got a couple stands there, mm-hmm. just notoriously good for seeing deer movement early season. And there, I've got a couple good rut stands. But I'm I've got a mobile setup that I really love, like to use, and I'm not afraid to use it. If I if those stands aren't producing, I'll instantly just go to that mobile setup and start putting boots on the ground and figuring something else out. Are you talking like a mobile sticks and stands then? That kind of setup? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, mobile sticks and I, I have a climber, but I'll be honest with you. That mobile sticks and stands, that's that's the way to go. Yeah. I'm we, curious now. I'm, I'm curious. I, I just want to dive into it a little bit. What kind of stand and sticks are you using, man? Are you using a lone wolf or? No, I'm actually running the muddy sticks, which are a touch, touch heavy, but I really like the rope design on them. I like that rope mod too, that cam cleat. It's nice. Yeah, it's it's super quick, and you can scale up a tree fast and simple. Yeah, I'm a fan of that. But downside is they're, they're just a touch heavy. If yeah, they could lighten them up a little bit, that'd be great. Yeah, it's almost either lighten them up or put that same cam cleat mod on another stick. Would be right. fantastic. I know since I've been one sticking, that cam cleat is awesome. Oh, that I didn't realize sweet, I was dude. talking to a one one sticker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on, get the jokes out. Go ahead. White, oh white. my God, you're an animal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Insult taken. Okay. No, that's not an insult. Dude. That's that's awesome. Good for you. <laughs> no, it's fine. I it's we won't dive into me. Okay, we're gonna stay on you. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, the, the cam cleats are legit though, for real. I mean, I I like those muddies too. They, you know, the only thing I've ever heard about them is that they're heavy, and there are guys that absolutely love them. I like the design of them. They they're, just they're heavy. They're beautiful. Yeah, I've guys that have used them. They're they're great. They love them, but they're just a little on the heavy side. I mean, if you can deal with that, then who cares, right? Yep. That's. I mean, it's just a, a couple extra pounds. It doesn't seem like a lot, but you start putting a couple miles under your boots, it gets old pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the stand you're running? I'm running a Novix right now, and I'm really happy with it. You yeah. Know, I'm a bigger guy. I'm six two, and I'm two hundred twenty pounds. But that's the only downfall with a smaller platform. I got big feet. You know. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. You you don't have a lot of room to dance up there. <laughs> no, no, I, I like to dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. 
uh, that that stand is super light too. The Novix stuff has been it's been interesting watching them kind of awesome. grow. You know, they they kind of did like that separate. I don't want to call it a separation from Lone Wolf, but it's it's a Lone it's Wolf a stand. Rebranding. Man. It's a rebranding. Yeah, yeah. 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 Rebranding, yeah. Great stand, man. Yeah, pretty cool, man. All right, so you were mostly targeting then kind of little fingers, draws, ridges, creek bottoms. Do you mess around with ag at all where you're at? Uh, so typically in Ohio, the, the place that I hunt in Ohio, I, I just have a little teeny tiny piece I was able to get permission on. It's only 30 acres. I, that's mostly egg field there. And then there's a bunch of thick stuff on the backside of it that's primarily bedding. So stay out there and hunt the edge of the field. Nothing wrong with that. And 30 acres, damn. That'd be like my second biggest property. No, I'm kidding. But eh, maybe not that far off. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't bad. What, I'll tell you what, me and my wife drove around Saturday and Sunday, this was a couple of years ago, and put in eight hours Saturday, eight hours Sunday trying to get permission on farms. She was a good sport about it. She, you know, she just drove around with me while I knocked on doors. I spent 16 hours driving around, and I wasn't able to get one person to give me permission. So Monday morning after, after uh, getting some fuel, I was on my way back home, and I was like, you know what, this looks like a decent little spot. I'm going to ask this person for permission and they gave it to me, and I was like, well, this is sweet. I put some cameras up, and it's been a lights-out spot. Dude, that's awesome, man. I got, I'm, I'm, I got two takeaways from that. <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of blew my mind there for first a second. Off, that gas oil must be doing pretty good, <laughs> Yeah, right? that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? <laughs> first of all, dude, you got a good-ass you got a good -ass woman driving around 16 hours <laughs> asking for permission with you. That's, that's insane. And second so, of yeah, all, team player. <laughs> way to be – that damn persistent that you yeah. went 16 hours of no's before you got a yes. <laughs> I, yeah, it was uh, – I'm not like – I don't want to go through that ever again. <laughs> no, man. That that had to have been tough, man. I, I got to be honest. So realistically, how many do you think you asked? You think you asked 30? You think you asked 30 farms? I would say easily 30 farms. That's a lot of no's, man. That's a lot. That's tough. I, I, what gets frustrating is because I don't know anybody out there, so you can't use anybody for pool. You can't. Yeah. yeah. It, it's all just going in blind. Yeah. What I noticed is all the big farms, they're that L word that I don't like to use anymore. They, they're all leased. Yep. 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 Totally. Especially in that area, it has gotten huge. If you go on any leasing company, like any at all online, it's all Northwest Ohio, too. There's a yep. lot up that way. A lot. Yep. And a, a couple people, actually more than a couple, a lot of people said, I would love to give you permission, but we leased it to so-and-so. Yeah. So. That, that's a damn shame. So what were you targeting? We're going to we're gonna skip. Well, first off, I have two takes away from this as well. One, you probably should have sent her to a couple doors since you got all no's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess next time I'll think about that. <laughs> and two, you should have seen if any of them would reimburse you for some gas money because that's just ridiculous. <laughs> Holy hell, man. Although Ohio is a lot cheaper. But so what were you targeting when you were over there? You're knocking on doors. Were you looking at the big farms? Were you looking at, you know, somebody with X amount of acres or more? Or what were you what were you targeting for your questioning? So when, when I started driving around out there knocking on doors, my goal was to get a farm with 150 acres or more. Okay. And that's not going to happen. Like I, anybody that has any kind of thoughts of doing it, Start targeting the farms around it that are a lot smaller. Yeah, perfect, perfect. I we did the same thing in uh, Virginia. We went to everything that looked big, and it was just like they were either leased 
or it was just an absolute no. But at yep. least they were nice about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's I made tough. some friends over there when I did it. I mean, some of the farmers that you'd spend an hour talking to them because they, they don't see anybody. Like, yeah. They're just lonely. <laughs> yeah. And I would say if those same people that spent the time to talk to you, if unless it was leased, and they, they just, were they were all leased. Yeah, ones, see, that's terrible. That's, that's the ones that were like, "Yeah, I'd love to give you permission, but yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah." I was gonna say that's tough, but those are the people you know. You mark on Onyx or whatever mapping system their name, a little bit about them, and you try again next year. But if they're leased, it's like, what do you do? Your yeah. hands are tied. You know. Yep. Oh, hmm, boy. That's tough. That's real tough. All right, so we're gonna get we're gonna jump back into it though. So. What would you say you're most familiar hunting with if you were to, to pick any terrain or topography? What would you say is like your most familiar? Hmm. That's a tough one. And you know, I'm going to go with hunting draws, any kind of little draw and trying to find that pinch point where the deer are crossing. That's, that's basically where I'm at most of the time. That's pretty solid. I can dig that. What's like, so kind of paint me a picture here. Say you like walked in, you walked in the woods and you're looking for these draws. Paint me the picture like your perfect setup here. Ooh. So like I was talking about with those hemlocks, I want to find a hemlock hill that's just loaded full of hemlocks. So it's just solid bedding. Yeah. And then as soon as you get to the bottom of the hill, I want to find someone that has a lot of oak trees. And then I'm going to get anywhere in, in there where the, I can see a transition from the hemlocks little bit of an opening into those that oak flat that's where i'm gonna be so you're setting up like on a side hill then or yeah you, either either right against the like right on that transition or i'm gonna be in those oak trees perfect i like that that actually sounds pretty nice yeah it does you I got any there. places like that <laughs> <laughs> just a little slice of heaven you know that's beautiful man heck yeah you know that you answered that pretty good. I don't know if I could even answer that right now. That, that same question. Really? Like, yeah, I don't know if I could. Oh, I can tell you. Actually, I could. I could. Easily. The middle of a swamp in the nastiest, oh, gnarliest yeah. shit where I got mud up to my ass after dragging Austin's buck out. But there happens to be just like a pin oak there with leaves still on it. <laughs> yeah, <you know. laughs> and then a nice maple beside it I can climb. Yeah, yeah. that'd be perfect. Oh, shit. All right. So we're. Get the old one stick out. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't want to go into that, but I, I have to. He's he like I don't know the one stick. I really want to do it. It sounds so awesome to me. I'm kind of on the same page as you, man. But like, I can just go up a tree so much faster with four sticks, and I'm done. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, you can. But you know what the best part about one sticking is? It's light as hell, repelling down. That's cool. Oh yeah, that's so. I I've never done it. I've watched a lot of videos, and I I just think the whole time repelling down after you shot a buck. That would be oh. the best feeling in the entire world. Dude. Oh my god, I hope I get to experience that. I really do. You're gonna like, you're gonna pull out your phone and put on the Mission Impossible theme song <laughs> and just like kind of like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm getting I'm getting comfortable with it now, and it's yeah, dude. The repelling down method is pretty badass. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think it's badass for any setup. To be honest with you, not just the one sticking. It's so much quicker. My god. Like I'm I think it's just like anything, just if you just use it and use it repetitively, yep, yep. it's easier. Yeah, I mean, going up, and and we'll make this short real quick. But going up, it is, you know, it's slow and methodical, but it's surprisingly quiet. It really is, and I can get up in pretty decent time because I'm making big moves. You know, there, there it might be a little slow right now. I'm actually getting really good at it. I'm making quick time up the tree. It's when I go to get down, like. And where I see this could be a benefit is, you know, the rut 
all day sits. Yep. You're sitting there, you see a big buck or, you know, a couple deer chasing doe maybe 80 yards up ahead of you. I can get down on the ground and packed up in like a minute and a half, Damn. two minutes. I'm down, packed up, and I could run up there, you know, and climb up another tree real quick. But that, I mean, I think just in my opinion, being mobile, yeah, pl- doesn't matter what you do, as long as you're mobile, I think you're doing it right. In my opinion. I would agree with that. Yeah. I would completely agree with that. You know, and that's the key to a lot of people's success that we talk to is just being mobile. And, and that could be you have fixed stands all over the place and, and you pick the right time. Because you mentioned you do that a little bit. I know, I know I still have some fixed stands out there and some areas that I revisit. I hunt once or twice a year. And because those are, you know, your little honey holes and, and you know what time of the year they're good and when you need to be in there. There's nothing wrong with that either. My opinion. I don't know. Doesn't mean anything. I'll no, I'll definitely agree with that. <laughs> All right. So we're going to keep moving on here. Um, the next port, uh, I'm sorry, the next part that I want to talk about a little bit is like what part of the season would you say is your strongest? Are you an early season guy, rut guy? I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a most definitely an early season guy. Really? No, without a doubt. This whole rut hunting thing is like unusual for me. I, I I, I told my buddy Chris the other day, this this rut hunting is for the birds. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to get into that, man, because I, I got to be honest. I feel like a lot of people definitely would not say early season as being like their strong suit. Like a lot of guys, especially like me, and I, I feel like I can speak for Charles, like end of October, early November, just yeah. like starting to peek into that rut. That's our like, this is game time season. Like early season, I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know. So I kind of want you to get into that early season a little bit being like your I, Super Bowl. So like the, the day before the opener, man, I can hardly sleep. I mean, <laughs> I, I I already have that deer figured out, or I know, like with my fixed stands, like I know that I'm going to go into an area that's potentially really really good. So, yeah, I don't know. I to, to say anything more about it, it's kind of hard. <laughs> well, let's get into let's get into the prep a little bit. Like, so you said you you kind of have maybe you uh, you maybe you kind of have a deer figured out. You know, are you going in with you know knowledge of you know, you've been doing your scouting and you've maybe been doing some velvet scouting and or are you talking about trail cams? you talking about historical data. How are you figuring these deer out that you're like, you know, ready to rock early season? So most of the time that I, I'm doing my scouting pre- beforehand is mostly from the road. I want a glass from the road and I don't want to put any impact on those deer. Trail cameras are an awesome tool. But if you don't think the deer know that you're in and out of there and you're checking that camera and they know that camera's there you're fooling yourself yeah they they 100 know that that camera's there and it can be a, a blessing and a curse you can have a camera set up in a great spot and the deer are walking right behind it and you have no idea that those deer are there so i i, I do use them but i use them with a grain of salt most of my scouting is putting boots on the ground here from the road or uh putting boots on the ground and getting in there and figuring them out not trying to put a lot of pressure on the deer yeah, totally, man. Totally. What if I repel in from a helicopter to check my cameras? Do you think they know I'm there then? <laughs> I, You know, I'm going to say they do. Yeah, I would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Helicopter's mean, probably pretty it, disturbing. Like, let, if you're willing to do it, let me know if it, if it works. <laughs> you'll have to pick me up so I can go check some of them. <laughs> now, Shane, do you use any mobile cams or anything like that? Yeah, so I've got a couple uh, cell cameras, and they're they're awesome. 
Yeah. I'm the type of guy that when I go set a camera, if, it, if I make it a week and I haven't checked it, I'm doing something right because I have to know. But those, <laughs> the cell camera, like, they're, they're awesome. I can see why some people, you know, they get their flack. Like, well, if you just got it right behind your house and you get a picture and you go out and shoot a buck, I can understand why people would get a flack over that. That, that. that takes away the fun for me. I'm using it in places that aren't really that close to my house. Yeah. And I, I know me as a person – I get antsy. I want to go in there and check that camera. So use it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Now, you also made a comment earlier how most of the early season, though, you're a weekend warrior due to work. How are you making it work on deer? I mean, if you don't get it done first day and potentially have to wait a whole week, because I know in that early season, every week these deer change. Their patterns change. The food changes. It's drastically changing from October 1 to October 20. You know, what are you doing then in that lull, in that lull period between hunts to keep on these deer? You get in that lull period, then I try to stay out of there until I get the right weather. Because that first October cold front, that's when I've had a lot, a lot of really good success, a lot of good deer movement. And that's where you, your scouting comes into play. Yeah, I totally so, agree with that. That kind of, that October cold front is across the board. It's good. Yeah. It, it always but, is like, and that's kind of one of the things that you hear a lot of guys talk about on different podcasts. That first October cold front, mm-hmm. it just it is so money every year. Yeah, yep. And being able to stay out of that area until you know, and you get that gut feeling like I'm going to go in there, I'm going to kill a deer. It's time not, to strike. Gonna, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going to go in there and hope for the best. I want to go in there and I want to kill a deer. Yeah, that's really hard to do too, though. When you know there's a good oh. one in there, yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> but that's tough. <laughs> So what are you targeting then? Uh, are you targeting food sources or what's your go-to? A lot of mine is uh, food sources with any whatever food source is around. Being the one place I hunt in Pennsylvania, it's a lot of oaks. And early season, if you get the right grasses in, some kind of clover or anything like that, that's typically where you'll find a lot of, where I've had a lot of good luck. I can take that. Have you ever thought about doing like one of those little hidey ho plots or anything like that? I have, but... You know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Totally. I'm with you. Now, are you targeting close to bedding? Are you getting in real close, kind of risking it early season because you think you have these deer patterned pretty confidently? I, I would say that I'm, I'm close enough to the bedding area just to be dangerous. Okay. But access is always key with that. If you yeah. can sneak in there and not bump anything, that, that's awesome, which I, I've been able to do that in the past. So I find myself typically just out of range for the majority of the beginning of the year. Like I feel like I'm in the right spot, but these deer come in just after dark. Do you get that a lot where you're seeing a lot of deer just after dark early season? Answer that first. Then I got to follow up. So in Ohio, I do just cause I'm limited to hunting on a field edge, but in Pennsylvania, I try to limit those possibilities cause that's, that's terrible. You don't want to get stuck up in your stand for an hour and a half watching your target buck just graze around and you can't do anything about <laughs> yeah. it. Mm-hmm. We've all been there. It's terrible. Yeah. Which leads to the next question. Pushing that bubble. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to kind of, I guess I, you know, you have to be more comfortable being uncomfortable getting in tight. But your next, my next question is then say you do get caught up, which a lot of guys I'm sure play that safe game because they hear on all these podcasts and they hear everywhere, you know, play the edges, be safe. Well, when that happens and the deer come in and they, they're around you, what's your exit strategy? Because how are you leaving? Say your entrance is through that field and there's 20 deer out there. Do you have anything where you're going to exit 
and not bump that target buck out. If that's happened to you before, if you have that experience. So yeah, I've definitely had that happen before, and that's that's awful because you can only sit up there for so long mm-hmm. until it gets to the point where it's unbearable. Like okay, I gotta get out of here. Typically, I try whatever I can do to try to get around them, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But it's a very slow going battle of just taking it step by step. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess the big thing is. As long as you kind of keep the wind in your favor, and even if you do bump them and it's late and it's really dark, it's probably going to be a softer bump than, you know, walking right at them right after dark. I've heard of guys, I've heard of guys just putting their headlamp on and just walking out at them, and it doesn't, like, they'll, they take off, but it doesn't phase them too much. Yeah. I'm not willing to give that a try. But. <laughs> no, not for me. <laughs> no, not my cup of tea. Yeah. That's just something that, you know, I've experienced a lot, and I think a lot of guys experience, especially in our area. You know, people might say it's more or less nocturnal deer, but I think it's just not getting close enough to their bedding in which they may only move 50 yards. So I think that was some some good tips on what to do in that scenario as well. Yeah. All right. I don't want to break off this, but I want to kind of get into a couple of things here. I want to kind of back up here just a little bit. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to the resume almost. I want to hear about a couple of these bucks. You know what I mean? I kind of want to go back. I want to go Good back call. and like, you know, let's let's break down a couple of these hunts real quick. You know, let's go through, you know, do you have a favorite early season hunt maybe? like? So most of those bucks on my Instagram, those were all within the first week of no archery season. No shit. Beautiful. Okay, so let's get into this a go little on. bit. Go on. Yeah, <laughs> continue. <laughs> so the the biggest one on there, you said it was – that big eight point um yeah that buck that was that was a cool hunt that was the second day of the season and i checked the weather the night before and i knew it was gonna be kind of rainy all night just kind of light mist sprinkling and i thought man this is perfect for me to sneak in and get nice and tight to these deer i got a stand in there that's one of those fixed stands that's just left alone figured i can sneak into that nice and close to their bedding and that's exactly what i did i crawled in there woke up nice and early got in there about an hour before daylight Snuck in there, climbed up in my stand, and I'm not even getting my phone out to look at time it is because I'm so close that I don't want to have any kind of light or anything. I'm walking in there blind. Yeah. Climb up in my stand, get all situated, sit there for about an hour, twiddling my thumbs, thinking about, you know, all the if, ands, or buts, trying to check the wind, and just breaking daylight. And I had a little buck sneak around the edge of me about 25 yards, but it was in this nasty, thick stuff where I couldn't have shot. And I'm starting to think to myself, you know, this is the first year I've seen this season, and I, I couldn't even shot it. And it's in range, I just couldn't have shot it. About 20 minutes go by, another little buck, he was legal, but he was not not what I was after, does the same thing right in this thicket. And I'm thinking, man, I got to I, – I, I'm in a position where I'm, I, do I have to move my stand? What am I, what am I going to do here? An hour goes by and there's not a lot of movement. And, uh, all of a sudden I look up and there's a whole slew of does coming right at me. All right, sweet. This is cool. You know, I've seen a lot of deer for the first day or the first day that I've been able to go out. And, uh, behind these doe, I see some antlers coming through the woods. <laughs> and that's when it sets in, you know, oh, it, it's about to get real. And these doe are already at 15 yards. I'm sitting down in my stand with my bow and my hanger. And there's, I think there were six doe with them. Well, that's a lot of eyes, bud. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're all over. <laughs> <laughs> 
So they kind of mill off, and they're they're still within 50 yards, and he's just kind of doing his thing, just coming right down this this trail into this draw. And I slowly stand up, and I'm, I'm you know I'm doing that whole thing where like, okay, if I close my eyes, you won't see me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was finally able to get stood up and grab my bow, and when I swung, he was already at 18 yards, and I just had happened to have my release, and I just drew in one solid motion, swinging as I drew, and he was just got to my clearing, and I didn't have to stop him or anything. He was just standing there like a statue, and I just power drived it, ten ringed him. He he netted 60 yards in front of me, and he ran right underneath me. And at this point, I'm I'm not seeing any blood or anything like that, and I wasn't shooting luminox or anything at the time. I had no idea what happened. I was I mean I was shook up. <laughs> I called my brother, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I ten-ringed him. I saw the arrow disappear, but I have no idea what just happened. I just shot the <laughs> biggest buck of my life, and I, he went right underneath me, and I couldn't see any blood on him. So we, I love that. I, uh, I headed back up to the house and got the, my buddy Shay and my brother, and we headed down, and we did a little track job. And I'll tell you what, for I, I double-lunged this deer and just clipped the top of his heart. He went 200 yards. I mean, it was just an absolute tank with gear, 219 pounds. But wow, he just, he just gobbled that arrow up. And I was shooting a G5 Havoc at the time, two blade. It 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 should have been bleeding great, but I don't know what happened there. But he just he just gobbled it right up. That's but just after, a beast of a deer. That's why. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> after getting up to him and you know putting my hands on him for the first time, I mean, all those nerves finally went away and. Oh, I was a mess. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, that is awesome. That That is very tough. Like, that's got to be really hard to do your first hunt. You know, awesome. Yep. I, we say it all the time. Like, we love to get in, shoot some doe, knock the rust off, you know, and then we hunt the bucks. And, you know, by that time, we're kind of we're ready to kill stuff. We're, I feel You so, know what yeah. I mean? You feel better, yeah, more confident. So... What are you doing, man? What are you doing in the off season to prepare for that moment? Because, like you said, you've stacked up some really impressive deer. This one you watch come all the way in, which would just rattle anybody's cage. Iceman over here. Yeah, like what are you doing preseason, though, to prep to get yourself ready for that moment? Spend a lot of time behind my bow. I mean, yeah. any kind of 3D shoot that we can find, Chris and myself, we shoot all the time. Every weekend we're, we're doing something, whether it's in one of our yards or punching foam somewhere. Yeah. So you shoot, well, I guess you, I, I've seen your pictures. You definitely shoot a lot of 3Ds. I mean, do you, you guys challenge each other? Do you, you know, make high stakes where you, you're kind of putting pressure on one another or, you know, cause you, that moment, that's hard to, to replicate when a giant buck's coming in. I think with Chris and I, we kind of push each other to do better. Mm-hmm. If, if one of us is doing bad, you know, the comments start to fly and like, the peanut gallery starts to come out <laughs> and typically whoever shoots better, the guy who shoots less has to buy him a beer at the end of the round, which works out great. Yeah. Now, do you have a, like a naturally competitive nature, you know? I, yeah. So I'm, I'm super competitive. <laughs> I, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> so, who, so who's typically buying the beers here? Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. Last this last year, Chris has been shooting really, really well. I've bought quite a few beers. Oh, man. <laughs> man, that guy's just just killing you this year, huh? He's already got a buck on the ground, too? Like, Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, I don't know, man. You got, you got to pick it up. 
but you're so, on your rutcation right now too, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming, talk about a little bit. coming to an end. It's been a rough rotation. I, uh, I've had some good encounters. I had a shooter at thirty yards, and at the very, his his head got right behind a tree. As I was drawing, he got a snoot of something he didn't like, and he just turned around and walked off. And I, I'll tell you what, that was hard to watch. And then the next day, I woke up in the morning, headed out, and I actually had a climber that I left out there, so I climbed up in a tree and, and about. Eight o'clock or so, I look up and through the distance I can see a, a buck chasing a doe. And I threw the kitchen sink at this buck. I was grunting, rattling, anything I could do. To sh- you're not shaking him, you know that. But mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, he wound up coming into about eighty yards and he bred a doe three times. And I, I, I'm not gonna lie to you, I kind of felt a little weird watching it, but I was so <laughs> interested I'd never seen it before. <laughs> it's like good for you, buddy. <laughs> Oh man, that's one thing I've never seen in person is a deer breeding another deer. I watched a turkey do it two years ago. And I was like, damn, that's impressive. <laughs> I have a video on my phone. I saw it at like 10 yards out my mom's back window. Nice spot. Right. It was, dude, it was horrible. I think I said that to you. You did. You did. It was, it was horrible to watch. I'm kind of right, <laughs> right there with you. I was like, oh my God, what's happening right it's now? It's like, do you cheer them on or, you know? <laughs> it's, it's a very awkward time in your life. Like, it's just, what, am I really watching this right now? Oh, yep, that happened. And then it happened two more times. Damn, oh my good God. for him. It's like watching your dog on a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> was he a good buck? Are you excited about the genetics that are coming on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's. That was definitely a shooter, and that, so that was the two shooters that I had yeah. experiences with, and I just couldn't close the gap. Okay, yeah. okay. So here's my question. How are you feeling about tomorrow? I know today wasn't the best day, but how are you feeling about tomorrow, man? You, you feeling good about it? I, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm at a complete loss. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I've put a lot of time and effort into this season, and it's just things are not going the way that they typically do. So I, I might just grab the mobile setup and just throw a Hail Mary out there. You know, man, I'm a big fan of that. I, I was going to say, that's what I would do. That's what I would do, I too. Was, I was going to hope you had some kind of game plan going in tomorrow, but if that's your game plan, I support send it. it. Send, send it. it. Send it. <laughs> I mean, there'll, there'll be some kind of direction with it, just going sure. off of what, what, what the trail cameras are throwing at me. But like I said, I'm not a huge fan of the trail cameras, but the cell cameras... If they if they throw some intel my way, then I'm gonna take advantage of it. I don't blame you, man. You got a spot that's full of does, man. Maybe that that might yeah. be your best bet. Yeah. I so I tried I tried the spot that's been like just a notorious doe bedding, and there's open field with a lot of grass in it. Figured for sure there'd be a lot of doe out there, and I saw a lot of doe, but I did not see the buck numbers. Hmm. Oddly enough, from what I'm getting on my camera still. There's a lot of deer still hitting food right now. Like really? the does are still hitting acorns pretty hard in my area. They kind of stayed, they, they went away from it. And when it got cold again, the doe were back on the acorns and the bucks were cruising through those acorns, kind of looking for those doe that are in there feeding. And they, I mean, most of that was during night or right in dead center, middle of the day. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So it was, it's kind of weird and it, it's hard to tell on a cell cam whether, you know, that's a mature deer or not. But I, I mean, for sure, does are on acorns, and I've had those bucks cruising through a couple nights in a row now in daylight. So yeah, could be something to think about, man. You know, I'm not giving up food source totally, but if you have kind of like you were talking about that transition from bedding to food, 
might not be a bad place to be on that downwind side tomorrow. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not giving up hope on it yet, but I'm just, it's getting to that point in my rutcation where I'm starting to get a little frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I totally can... understand. When you when you put that much time and effort in, it, it's tough, man. It's, it's tough to take. Yeah. Oh, well. That's all right. Hey, look, there's a lot of season left. You know, we're not done yet. Yeah. We got good no, weather. That's... It can ha- it can turn around in, in a freaking blink of an eye. You know, that's the best part about this time of year. And I'm not too good to take a rifle out and shoot a buck either. <laughs> I get excited about rifle season too. I'm not a diehard bow hunter. I just like killing deer. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you, man. But I feel like gun season for me, I've never really killed a good buck in gun season. It's always like, you know, freezer filling dough season. That, that's what it feels yeah. like for me. I don't yeah. know. Stacking bodies. Stacking bodies. Yeah. yeah. I, I, one of the bigger bucks that I shot was in rifle season. It was actually the first mature buck that I shot. And I was, uh, I was archery hunting him all year, and I saw him four or five times, and I just had my heart set on shooting this one deer, and typically I'm not like that, but I had my heart set that I wanted to shoot a mature deer, and archery season ended, and I was all heartbroken about it. Rifle season started, first opening day, 30 yards away, here comes Mr. Wonderful, and I was able to get him with my rifle, but... It was kind of like a double-edged sword. Like, really, you avoided me all year, and then you come in at 30 yards during rifle season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's typically how that works. <laughs> that's actually funny. That reminds me so much. My buddy Brent, he bought a farm down in uh, down near Columbus in Ohio, and he hunted this buck all season, man. He had encounter, 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 just all, all bow season. Never got a shot at this thing. And then first day of gun season, it came into 15 yards. He killed it with a slug gun. He was so pissed he didn't bring his bow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Way, way she goes. Yeah, yeah. man. I mean, it, let's be let's be real. You know, It's not that easy either. I mean, no. a lot of shit no. can go wrong, you know. We're, we're still in PA. I mean, anywhere. But we're, we're in PA. You like you said, you take a whole week of vacation off and you get one real opportunity at a deer and, and that might be it for that whole week or, you know, your whole season. You might get one, maybe two opportunities. So I'm not yep. above it either. Kill him with a gun, kill him with a muzzleloader, bow, slingshot. I don't care. Whatever is legal, you know, javelin, throw <laughs> yeah. your spirit. Yeah. Addle, addle. If you get addle, addle. <laughs> Oh man, we, oh, we were just it. looking at out-of-state hunting trips and whatnot. I think it was Missouri has an atlatl season. I gotta be honest. If you are that like yeah. badass that you can take that out and kill a deer, man, More I want to be your friend. I want to get him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's that's pretty hardcore. That is hardcore. Yeah, I think we need an atlatl challenge now. I would want. I want to drink a beer with a guy that's killed one with an atlatl. I'm with you. I'll buy the beer. <laughs> Yeah, you will, because you ain't going to outshoot them. <laughs> I got to be honest. You give me an Adelaide, I'll stand 10 feet away from my garage. I bet I can't hit it. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, man. So let's wrap this thing up then, dude. You know, we, I, we've we pretty much gone through it. Um, Hold up. Wait a minute. What? I know we're getting closer on time, but I, I, wanna... I don't want to do a story yet. I had one more before the oh, story. Yeah, I know where you're going with that. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I want to know... Just plain and simple, if you had like one basic tactic that you used, you know, more than once it's been successful for you, what that might be. It can be anything. Yeah, that's tough to narrow it down to one. Okay, then give me more than one. I want to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Give us the recipe. Yeah. 
the recipe for success. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. I The tactic that I think that I've, I've had the most success for is not get stuck in my ways of just going to the same stand, like getting with those fixed stands that I have that are hung. It's so easy just to get keep going to those is if you can if if i can knock that off and go do like the mobile setup now that i started running that i've been a lot more successful with that yeah my god is that good advice i know it really is so good because it's so easy to get stuck in that rut of like going back oh i killed a buck in this stand Mm -hmm. i've been seeing deer in this stand just keep going back to that thing and hammering it it's so easy and then all of a sudden you go to it and it's a dead zone there's no deer in the (laughs) town Oh, bud. Solid Thank- advice. I like that recipe a lot. Yeah. Thanks for making my weekend plans a lot harder. <laughs> <laughs> Bring us home, Austin. Oh, buddy. Okay. Buddy, we are getting closer on time. However, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know I'm a big fan of deer stories. And I want to hear your favorite deer story. It could be your biggest buck, your first deer. It could be your smallest deer. I don't care. You tell me. <laughs> My favorite deer story. I want the nitty gritty to it. I want the nitty gritty of it though too. Nitty gritty. I'll give you everything. You want to know about it. (laughs) (laughs) We, uh, me and a couple buddies, it was the first Saturday of rifle season. We were supposed to get together to do some drives. That was awesome. We were all excited about it. Friday night, we're talking, texting, everything's good. Saturday morning comes to roll around. Nobody's waking up. There's only three or four of us that are able to go. So we throw a Hail Mary out. Okay, we're going to public land and we're going to go stump it up somewhere. And it just so happened to be a public area that I was a little bit familiar with, not super familiar with. And the other two guys that I took had never been in there before. So I just kind of hop on Onyx, throw a couple pins up and say, let's see how this works out. And we kind of surround a bedding area. Ooh. Uh, we get all set up and we're sitting there for about an hour or so. I, uh, Texting my buddies like, "Are you guys seeing anything?" This is starting to like this. This sucks. We should be pushing deer, having fun. You know, that's what rifle season's about. And nobody's seeing anything. All of a sudden, I look up and a buck jumps out of his bed, and I think it's like the biggest buck in the entire world. I'm all sorts of excited. It's coming right at me. <laughs> and I do the whole Pennsylvania gunslinger. I start throwing lead at it. <laughs> Empty the gun, dude. It's good. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm just throwing lead, and I was able to connect with it one time and. It goes in this thicket, and I was able to get the guys together and kind of devise a plan where I was going to go into the thicket because I didn't know how well I had hit it. I was going to go into the thicket, and if it ran out one end or the other, they'd be able to see it. I go into the thicket, and the thing's laying there, and it's and uh, it was a little seven point, and it was legal, and I was I was so excited. I I get on the radio, and I tell my buddies, "It's in here, it's dead. Come on, boys, let's get it out. It's huge." Get it up to it, and they're like what is that the deer that you shot really and i was like yeah i'm super pumped about it. it's maybe an 80 inch seven point and i was just ecstatic about it i love that and we were we were like a mile and a half back in there they were pissed that i shot it because they had to help drag it out yeah that's a drag. <laughs> <laughs> listen you need you need better buddies <laughs> <laughs> You can never get mad at your buddy for shooting a deer, no matter what they put you through, right, Austin? Yeah, buddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Charles has once had some rough it, ones with me. <laughs> once we got it back to the truck, everybody was laughing and having a good time. And yeah. the guys that uh, slept in that were supposed to go do drives with us, they were pretty bummed that they missed out on it. But, yeah, it was, sucks to be them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, does suck to be them. That's why you got to get out of bed. That's why you got to yep, get out of bed. Exactly it. That was like uh, last rifle season. Everybody slept in that Sunday, the first Sunday ever in rifle season in PA. I'm like, I'm not sleeping. I'm going out. And, a lot of people are all against it. I'm all for it, dude. Give dude, me another day. Yeah, <laughs> come on now. It's going to be good for me this year because I'm, I'm out of vacation time. I'm going to be able to hunt Saturday, Sunday, and then go oh. home back to work on Monday. It's going to be beautiful. There's going to be a lot of deer moving. It's bucking cool. doe. Remember that. Oh. Yeah. It's going to be interesting this year, boys. If you have a target deer, you better get him killed in archery because gun season is going to be rough. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be the wild, wild here. west. It's going to be the target-rich environment when yeah. shit everywhere. <laughs> oh, man. I forgot about that. Thanks. Yeah, it scares me a little bit. Ooh. Some deer, I'll tell you off. what, though. Some Oh, I'm not actually scared, but there's some deer going to die that first day, man. That yeah. first weekend's going to be <laughs> a bloodbath. Yeah. You I love going to, like, the meat processors that first day and looking at, like, just the carnage, especially <laughs> when it's doe and buck season. Yeah. Like, there's just a stack of bodies. There's 80 <laughs> deer laying in the parking lot. It's like, holy <laughs> shit. <Yeah. laughs> there's one place in particular on the way home from my camp. I remember driving past, and there had been, like, 60 deer spread out. I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, could you even imagine being that processor? I've had Ooh. to cut two up in a weekend. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> if I have oh, to do yeah. my own one night, I'm like, damn, this sucks. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, Shane, we really appreciate you coming on, man. You did. Oh, wait. Hold on. You're not done yet. You can't be done yet. Uh-oh. What'd you I, do? I, I, uh. Oh, wait. I know what you did. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Shit. I totally almost blew it. Okay. I got a couple, uh, I got a couple questions from a listener for you. Listener questions. <laughs> Oh jeez, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> we can't let you go yet. I don't yeah. know what Charles was thinking. Yeah, my bad, dude. I almost blew it. All right, so this uh, listener wrote in. He wanted to know who won last year's indoor league. <laughs> that would be. That's definitely one of the times I had to buy a beer. <laughs> <laughs> the other question is: um, We were supposed to ask about last year's muzzleloader camp. Uh, something happened where. You may have had one too many. So I don't know if you guys are big drinkers or not, but I I partake in the al- the uh, alcoholic beverages every once in a while. We're sitting I over had... here drinking water, so yeah, water. <laughs> Sam Adams water. Sam Adams water. <laughs> <laughs> I might have had too much fun and uh, ventured into the woods the next morning, fell asleep. When I woke up, there was a couple doe right in front of me, and I had no business being out in the woods, so they trotted off and. Went about their married day, and I went back to camp, packed up, and went home. <laughs> my my tail tucked between my legs, and the guys are never going to let me hear the end of it. <laughs> oh, buddy. I, I feel you on that one. You should have been there for our last 3D shoot. <laughs> There's a podcast recorded that no one will ever hear. <laughs> oh, yeah. That one died that yeah. night yeah. with Austin. Yeah. I think I died that night. Oh boy, I totally forgot about that. But that was it. Um, since oh since we God, just upset the neighbor's a dog, dog. going to like kill us right now. Um, nope, no, there's other dogs. There's a dog war going on right now. But <laughs> but that's it, man. Uh, that's all I had from listener questions for tonight. So <laughs> appreciate. Hey, when you are you going to get him on here? When are you going to get Chris oh, on? Oh here? no, he's coming on for sure. 
for sure. <laughs> and then what I'll have to do is I'll have to reach out to listeners and see if they have any questions for him. <laughs> yeah. There might be one that has a couple questions. I uh I want to hear from that guy. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely gonna get Chris on. That dude is also a freaking slayer, man, and, and a good dude. So yeah, he'll be on soon for sure. Awesome. <laughs> so appreciate your time, man. Good podcast. Uh love everything about it. All right, awesome guys. Hey, it was really cool talking to you guys and thanks for having me on.